0: Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10 minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and journalist,
1: Paula Schleiss. Hi everybody.
0: Well, where are we going to tonight, Paula?
1: Steve, this one is a murder mystery out of Green, Ohio, Mm, a suburb south of Akron and your home. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's a case a lot of folks will remember because it involved the execution style deaths of a family that ran the area's historic. No-tell, motel.
0: Is it Steve's Motel?
1: Steve's Motel. Because that's
0: pretty prevalent in that area. Yeah. Okay.
1: You don't remember this murder case?
0: I do not. I just know when you said motel, Steve's Motel is in green. Yeah. And I'm Steve. Well,
1: indeed. I mean, the sign for Steve's Motel has been beckoning motorists near the intersection of Maslin and Turkey Foot Lake Road since 1937, promising air conditioning, TV, free movies. And in 1991, when our story takes place... The recent addition of waterbeds and flashing disco balls in every room. Of course, of course. Yeah. And if you didn't want the room for the whole night, you could rent one of the cabins by the hour. Many cap- couples took advantage of that. Oh, I'm sure they did. But while most people passed by Steve's motel with a wink and a nod, things would never be the same after october twenty one, nineteen ninety one. It was a Monday, and the school bus pulled up to the red brick Cape Style house at the entrance to the property. This is where Manher and Giotti, both in their 30s, lived with their six-year-old daughter, Alka. They owned the motel. But Alka, a first grader at Greenwood Elementary School, didn't come outside, and the bus pulled away. The day clerk at the motel office noticed this. She's working in a building next to the house. It was odd that Alka didn't come out for the bus, doubly odd that her father hadn't come to the office yet. The clerk had arrived for work at 7 a.m., and Manher always brought her money to start the business day. By 8 a.m., the clerk decided she'd better investigate. She walked over to the house and found the door open. She called out for the Patels, but no one answered, so she walked into the house to get the cash box. It was empty, and coins were scattered on the kitchen floor. She moved further into the house and learned why no one was answering her calls. Mr. and Mrs. Patel were on the living room floor, both shot in the head with a handgun. Upstairs, Alka was still tucked in bed. She'd been executed while she slept. Oh. Right off the bat, investigators said it was going to be a tough case. They had a big footprint to cover. The sheriff called in state technicians to help search all 20 cabins for fingerprints, blood, or other clues. I didn't realize there was 20 cabins there. Wow. Yeah, 20 cabins. Also slowing things down, the Patels didn't keep a registration of guests for obvious reasons. Still, within a week, Summit County Sheriff detectives felt confident they had tracked out everyone who had stayed at the motel Sunday night, which was believed to be three couples. And they found the owner of a small red car that was seen leaving the motel early Monday. They were satisfied that driver was not involved. Initially, detectives believed the main motive was robbery. The scattered coins made it appear Patel might have been fighting the robbers. A couple of years later, however, police would change their minds. They said it likely the robbery was staged. While the money from the cash box was taken, a briefcase with $2,000 in it had been left behind. If a robber was calm enough to search the entire house and find Alka in her bed, how could he have missed the briefcase? And why would a robber kill a child in her bed anyway? And why would a thief make his plans for a Sunday, the slowest day of the week, when the Patels could be assumed to have the smallest amount of cash on hand? Investigators considered whether it might have been a hate crime. The Patels were of Indian descent, they had been farmers about 200 miles north of Bombay before moving to the United States 15 years earlier. Authorities were told by everyone who knew the Patels that they were a quiet family who kept to themselves. They moved to Green from Chicago about two and a half years earlier. Patel was a press operator at a tool and dye shop in Chicago, but he wanted to be his own boss. And the motel business, it's an easy option for immigrants. It's one that allows family members to live and work together. Or was the motive something else? Maybe business-related. Maybe a deal gone wrong. While investigators pursued all theories, many were left to mourn the slain family, especially little Alka, with her big brown eyes, long black hair, and ever-present smile. Steve Kelly, who was selling the motel to the Patels on a 20-year land contract, told reporters Alka used to play with his granddaughter. She was a beautiful little girl, petite and quiet, he said. It took her six months to get up the nerve to talk to me. Alka's teacher, Juanita Campbell, said she was a very loving little girl who was always giving me hugs. Mrs. Campbell had caught off school that day because she was ill. Her principal had to call her at home to tell her the news. When the school day ended that Monday, students were sent home with a letter telling their parents that a classmate had died unexpectedly. Counselors would be available Tuesday to answer children's questions. Being killed in an accident is one thing, Principal James Kernan said, but murder, it could affect these kids. After the Patels were slain, a family member, Ken Patel, uprooted his family from Indianapolis, where he had been selling video inventories and water treatment systems, and moved to Green to take over the motel. His brother and sister, by the way, operated another pay-by-the-hour motel called The Office in nearby Springfield Township. They'd taken over that establishment about a year after Manher Patel moved his family to Green. Ken Patel, the relatives running The Office motel, and other family members put together a $12,000 reward for information leading to an arrest in the case. The money increased the phone calls and tips coming in, but nothing significant was learned. The lack of a substantial lead for such a large reward is one reason detectives were leaning even more to their favorite theory, that someone had taken a contract out on the Patel family, that it was a professional hit made to look like a robbery. Well, that's still as much of a mystery as the killer himself. On a side note, in December of 1994, Ken Patel was arrested and charged with manslaughter in another case he was accused of beating his clerk david will with a golf club for drinking on the job will died 3 days later when a blood clot moved into his lungs patel denied beating will and a trial resulted in a hung jury voting 10 to 2 in favor of acquittal the prosecutor declined to try that case again wow
0: that's, uh yeah, I've never heard of that story. I'm, I'm kind of leaning to maybe a drifter. I mean, there's an expressway right pretty close to the, where that Steve's Motel is, and I don't know. Uh, I, I, the community's pretty close, too. So you would think
1: I just was... can't see anybody who's in a hurry to steal something, taking the time to go upstairs, check the bedrooms, and then decide a sleeping six-year-old girl had to die. I just don't see... Any level of robbery reaching that point.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, that's it for our midweek 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. And may all of your mysteries have happy endings.